Hello, this is Ron Clark from the Agape Church of Christ in Portland, Oregon, and you are listening to the God of Second Chances podcast. Welcome to the God of Second Chances podcast. This is Ron Clark from the Agape Church of Christ in Portland, Oregon. Today we're going to finish out the book of Genesis, otherwise known as Baroshit, the book of beginnings, by looking at Jacob in Egypt. So you turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 47, and we'll continue to find hope in these ancient biblical stories in the God of Second Chances podcast. Welcome back. We are looking in the book of Genesis, the very last few chapters where Jacob, the patriarch, uh, the father of the twelve sons, one of them being Joseph, who was sent into Egypt, is now called to go into Egypt. As we saw last week, Joseph uh, was betrayed by his brothers, was sent into Egypt, sold as a slave, and through endurance and struggle, and like his father come uh, wrestling, he came out on top and ended up becoming a great leader, second only to Pharaoh in this wonderful story in Egypt. As we looked at the story and noticed how Joseph came on top, it's interesting that in the end, as he reveals himself to his brothers, and his brothers realize that he truly was the brother that they sold into slavery, he shows this sense of compassion by calling his father Jacob to come into Egypt. And of course, throughout this dialogue, you see many, many characters at tension. You see, for instance, Reuben trying to make things right by offering to, to uh, advocate for his brother Benjamin. You find Judah. Uh, the one who sold, uh, came up with the idea of selling Joseph into Egypt, who begs for forgiveness and begs for mercy for his brother, even begging uh, for mercy for his father. You also see Simeon, uh, the violent one of the violent brothers, Simeon and Levi, found in Genesis 34, who's held captive while the brothers are back home. You find Benjamin, the youngest, being shown favor by Joseph, by give, being given extra food, extra portions, and also being set up, almost as if Joseph wanted to keep his brother around. But you also find Joseph. Uh, while some might think that he was being awfully cruel to his brothers, uh, there are some commentators who suggest that Joseph mistreated his brothers by becoming harsh to them. Uh, one can also look at the story as Joseph finding a way to fulfill the original vision he had in chapter 37, where all the brothers, not just ten of them, but all of them, including Jacob, bowed to him, fulfilling the promise of God. One might suggest that Joseph seemed a little arrogant in the way that he did this. One might also make a case that Joseph had turned 
all the, the people of Egypt into slaves of Pharaoh because they were dependent on Pharaoh's goodness. But one might also point out that in this story, Joseph was showing allegiance to God and teaching people to trust in leadership, leadership that cares for them. Throughout this story, Joseph makes references to the fact that God was with him. God revealed answers in the dreams. God lifted him up. God cared for him. He could not sin against God by sleeping with one of his master's wives, even though she begged him. Joseph also claimed that God sent him, and he three times in chapter 45 uses the Hebrew word shalach to send. God sent me ahead. It's almost it's very similar to the word in the Christian scriptures, uh, apostello, uh, to send with a purpose, that Joseph believed he was sent into Egypt with a purpose. The main thing, as we pointed out last time, is that God helped Joseph to endure, and Joseph gave credit to God, and God continued to bless them. And at the end of this story, he is now inviting his father and his family to live there. While one might have various different opinions as to Joseph's motives and his behavior, there is one, one uh, action that we cannot deny, is that Joseph was willing to forgive his brothers. His brothers had mistreated him, and yet at the end of life, or at the end of this period of time, he realized he had been given power and honor and glory, and that was at the hand of God. Joseph is able to forgive his brothers because he saw his current circumstances. Now, he did not deny the pain that he suffered. He did not deny the, uh, the uh, intent that his brothers had against him. But as time passed on, he saw what God was doing in his life. He saw that he was able to work hard and God blessed him, and therefore his relationship with God was solid. And now he's able to invite his family to live in this, this pow world power of Egypt. He's invited his family to come and to meet Pharaoh. Jacob in Egypt happens because Joseph was a man who was willing to forgive and willing to love and willing to invite people into the joy that he had. He was willing to look at the present and not just the past. And while he knew his brothers had betrayed him, and he set them up, maybe as a teaching tool, to realize that they needed to be open about what they had done, and they needed to be honest in how they had treated their brother. Through that lesson, he was able to help them to be repentant. And if you notice in the story, they are repentant. They are showing remorse and they are showing grief, not only in how they treated their brother in the past, but how they had treated their father. And because of their repentance, Jacob was able to invite, or, or Joseph was able to invite them to live where he lived. So as Jacob goes down to Egypt, he's being invited to enter a land where his son had learned to heal and forgive and show love.
It's interesting that at the very end of chapter 37, Jacob, in his grief at the loss of his son, says, I will go down to Sheol. I will go down to the grave. And of course, as we talk, that split-screen moment where Joseph was being sold into Egypt. And it's interesting, near the end of this book, jo Jacob indeed goes down, but he goes down to Egypt where his son was. That kind of split-screen reference, as we talked about at the end of chapter 37, kind of not only said how tragic it was he was suffering, Joseph was sold, but it was also a reminder that it's going to be made right. And Jacob indeed will go down to his son, but not to the grave, but to Egypt. The interesting point as the story moves along to the end, beginning chapter 46, 47, 48, 49, and 50, is you continually see this theme. The theme is fruitfulness. One of Joseph's sons was Ephraim, which meant fruitfulness. His other son was Manasseh, meaning to forgive or to lift up. Joseph has Nassah forgiven his brothers for what they have done. And now, Ephraim, he is going to be fruitful in Egypt. He and Jacob. Earlier in the book of Genesis, we saw that the command was for the people of the earth to go to multiply and to be fruitful. As the story of Genesis ends, they are going to Egypt and they are bearing fruit. Jacob is going to bring his whole family to this nation and they are going to thrive. In fact, at the beginning of Exodus chapter 1, the people of Israel thrive and they grow. God's commission is being fulfilled as they travel into Egypt. Now it's interesting that Egypt is also seen as the place where they suffer. Jeremiah chapter uh, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter seven verse eleven calls this the the place or the furnace or the heat. And so therefore they are going to suffer there in Egypt. But before they suffer, excuse me, Jeremiah eleven four, I'm sorry. But before they suffer, they are going to go down and bear fruit. At the very end of the book in chapter fifty Joseph reminds them in verse 24 that they are going to leave that, and so he prophesies that. Egypt becomes a little bit like the Tower of Babel. They grow, they bear fruit, and they reside there for a while, but then it's time to move on, and God leads them out. You can imagine reading this story as the people of Babylon who are leaving Egypt or Babylon they are leaving slavery and they are reminded that it's time to move on. It's time to grow. Jacob is invited to live in this land. And, of course, you notice in this story, he's referred to as both Jacob and Israel. And we get into the book of Exodus and it's the people of Israel, the Hebrews. And they go out and become the people or the nation of Israel. But in this story of Bereshit, of beginnings, Exodus plays an important role as it launches them from Egypt. They leave the big city at the beginning of Genesis 11 and they return 
to the big city near the end of Genesis. But in there, God has been with them on the journey. God has walked with them. God has wrestled with them. God has journeyed beside them. And in the book of Exodus, it will be no different. Jacob's journey to Egypt is, in one sense, the end of a long trip with God. But it's also a call to fruitfulness. Even in the story where he places the hand upon Ephraim, the youngest one, and Joseph tries to switch, and Jacob says, no, no, Ephraim, the younger, will be blessed. That was a theme throughout Genesis. The younger will be the strong one. The vulnerable will be the strong one. And as Jacob wrestled and worked, and as the youngest one strove to come out on top, so God blessed him in that. And Joseph, too. The young one sold into slavery who became a hero and became a great, powerful man, brought his family back home. In that journey where God leads and God offers faithfulness, the theme of endurance is powerful. The people of God, the heroes of God, endure. They continue the journey. The people of God forgive and they repent and they offer healing and relationship. And the people of God grow and they thrive and they trust God. So the book of Genesis ends where it began. The call to go out, to thrive, to trust God, and to journey with God. A God who initiates relationship with people. 